Hello, and welcome to the Groundbreakers podcast, hosted by 4constructionpros.com, highlighting the innovative equipment, technology, companies, and individuals that are breaking new ground in the construction industry. I'm Jonathan Kozlowski, editor of Concrete Contractor. In this episode, I'm joined with Terry Kobayashi, product marketing executive for the Max USA's rebar tying tools. He's been with the company for five years and joins me out of the Max USA office in Plainview, New York. Together, we discuss job site health and safety as it relates to the power tools, specifically the issues workers can have after the painstaking task of tying thousands of rebar joints together. Not to mention how the right tool can save you thousands of dollars. So Terry, what goes on in rebar tying? What what makes this job difficult? Right. So um, I think uh, there's a lot that goes on in rebar tying. Um, when I think rebar tying personally, I don't actually just think about the rebar tying, that action of rebar tying. Um, I think of the whole process, you know, like uh, the rebar, first of all, has to get, you know, onto the job site somehow, right? Whether it be get trucked in, but then from there, it has to somehow magically uh, be transferred onto the job site in a place of location where it needs to be tied in and then it gets tied. So um, these guys that are tying rebar usually have to carry tons, literally tons of rebar, position them and then mark them. It's a whole process, I think. So there's a lot going on. Um, so, you know, that carrying part uh, has a huge toll on your body, but at the same time, when it comes to the tying, I'm thinking, you know, it might depend on the job site, but uh, I met guys that are working on, you know, eight lane highways or, you know, huge uh, Amazon distribution centers that are popping up, uh, you know, across the country right now, it sounds like. And when you're on these sites, man, the, the time that you do is massive. Like uh, actually it's on a job sites um, with a guy in Florida and these guys do a lot of the huge job sites down there for bridge work. And they were talking about, uh, what was it? I think it was about 60 foot bridges or bridge decks. I'm sorry. Okay. And um, yeah, and each bridge deck would be about 2,300 ties, and these <laughs> guys were tying with a seven-man crew. So when you calculate that, you know, that's oh, close God. to 1,000 ties per day for one of these uh, rebar guys, right? You know, so Jeez. that's, yeah, that's a lot of work. So when you combine these two things of having to, you know, uh, carry and lay rebar, and then on top of that, doing the manual tying, that I think, uh, and considered... Um, we could, I think, safely say that this is not an easy job. <laughs> Very labor intensive. Yeah, I watched a video on LinkedIn of a guy doing it manually. And everybody in the comments was, oh, I do not want to be that guy's back. And just offering condolences over the ankle pain, the hand pain, just the mm -hmm. ache that would have looked like. So I would imagine tying Absolutely, thousands yeah. of these especially in like an Amazon uh, building, like you mentioned, uh, is an insane idea. But using this type of hard work in includes some problems of its own. Like we mentioned the backache, what kind of health issues are workers experiencing with tying rebar? Um, can these issues take a worker off the job? Yeah, I think they can, yeah. And as you mentioned, yeah, like the, the pliers, I mean, that's the traditional way of tying, you know, and like when I'm thinking guys tying rebar, I'm thinking, you know, like the uh, 16 gauge or 16.5 gauge um, 
uh, hand tie wire. Um, these usually come in like four pound rolls and they have like the belts with the reel on it. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're doing all these hand tying, I'm thinking um, it does cause some issues in the long run, especially like uh, I've been doing, you know, some research on reports on what uh, tying rebar can do. And um, there's actually a bunch of studies on NIOSH, right? Uh, there's a publication database. And there was one research that I came across uh, done by the University of Massachusetts. This is a couple of years ago, but they surveyed about 1,000 iron workers. And they found that 50 per, uh, 56% of them um, were experiencing some sort of MSD, which is a muscular skeletal disorder in their lower back. And in addition, um, not surprisingly, actually, among these most common uh, DDMDs, those are doctor diagnosed musculoskeletal disorders or carpal tunnel syndrome. And also the highest next to that is gonna be the general tinnitus, which combined made 31% of all surveyed diagnosis for these guys. So that's a pretty you know significant number to me. And it kind of describes what these job sites effect um, it has on these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we also uh, at Max have a booth at the World of Concrete every year in Las Vegas, which is fun, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, I guess for this year, it kind of feels like forever ago because COVID hit and then, you know, Las Vegas was, you know, in February. So there's a huge gap in my mind. But anyways, when we were um, at the World of Concrete this year, we surveyed about 100 iron workers that stopped by our booth. And I was demonstrating the RB401TE, which is the stand-up rebar tying tool. And man, these guys, while they're walking by our booth, they looked over like they just saw magic. You know, (laughs) it was... (laughs) It was something that probably shook their um, concept almost because this is they saw what this tool can do. But anyways, we talked to these guys and about 56% of the guys told us that they've had some sort of back issue. Um, oh, I'm sorry. 86% of them actually said, that's a lot, you know, mm-hmm. said that uh, they had some sort of back issue. And 56% of them told us that they've actually had it so bad that they had to take days off from work. And these are hardworking guys, you know, for a guy to tell me on a job site, hey, you know what? I had to go on a, a go go home and rest up a little bit. Um, that's that takes a lot. Uh, when I usually talk to guys on job sites talking about, hey, how's your wrist? How your how's your back? They should just tell me. You know, it comes with the job. It's it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that's just the kind of people that we were working with. So when I heard these statistics and uh, the interview survey results, um, it kind of dawned on me a little bit. Yeah. Wow. So these these results, I love having data. Um, has there been, and you mentioned the NOSH report, have you mentioned, has there been any um, research, further research into how power tools, how pliers can actually help with this subject? Absolutely, yes. Um, it's actually a while ago, but in 2003, I think NOSH mm-hmm. actually had a research team to investigate and evaluate our workers' risk of developing back and wrist disorders. Uh, associated with rebar tying on uh, bridges. I think there was a job site in Maryland that did this. Anyways, um, they were just, you know, out there and observing how iron workers were tying rebar by hand and trying to analyze, you know, what goes in on it. And then, so from there, I guess they kind of figured out, you know, what kind of fatigue or injuries they were kind of facing because of the work that they're doing. And once that was identified, they started talking about um, rebar tying guns, actually ours. Um, this was in 2003 again, so these are our sure. older models, right? Yeah. But anyways, they kind of, they, they labeled it as the BPT, which is the uh, battery-powered uh, tying tools. And they concluded after seeing, you know, observations that these tools would significantly reduce the use of rapid, re- repetitive hand wrist and forearm movements, uh, which is kind of the main characteristics for tying rebars manually, right? Whether it be 
you know, figure eights or snap ties, whatever it is, there's a lot of wrist movement that goes in. And also they saw that uh, by freeing up one hand to support the weight of their trunk during tying, they were able to reduce the stress on their body. So what this means is um, when you're tying a rebar, you have to use both hands, obviously, because one side of your hand is pulling off the, bar, the wire from your reel, the 16 gauge wire, and the other side is holding the nice pair of cline, um, pliers probably. And uh, it takes two hands to tie rebar hand, uh, with, uh, with your hands manually. Sure. Right. But with our rebar tying tools, it's literally, you know, there's a, there's a mouth of the tool that you insert it into the rebar cross section and you pull the trigger. And hence, it makes for a one-handed operation to tie rebar. So when that happens, you have the left hand, if you're a right-handed person, uh, where you could just kind of position your arm on your knee when you bend down. And it kind of um, has a bracing effect, apparently. So that takes away from a lot of the fatigue that people would just, you know, have by having to bend down without having any sort of bracing within mm -hmm. your arms. Right. So that was one thing that was mentioned. And also, um, they talked about how, you know, manual tying uh, involving um, uh, pliers kind of uh, provoked more risk of developing lower back um, musculoskeletal diseases. So we also have a, um, you know, um, ideas to try to help out with the back bending situation. But anyways, that was kind of their conclusion for that research. Okay. All right. But that was 2003 and we're using older models and this stand-up version while we saw it at world of concrete last year was the magic and it's mm -hmm. the stand-up version. That's the latest. Can you, mm -hmm. can you get more into that product? Can you explain um, it a little bit more? Is this an accessory to the old model or do I have to buy something new? Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, you're right. Like this, the stuff that they did the research on was a while ago, and I can only imagine what they would have thought, thought you know, seeing our newest stand-up rebar tying, where you know, which <laughs> it doesn't even require a trigger pull. It's there's like a a function in the mouth of the tool where you just insert the tool inside the cross section of the rebar, and it does the tying for you. You don't even have to pull the trigger, you know. But anyways, to answer your question, yeah, um, I think uh, uh, the latest twin tires are kind of a uh, a cool thing. Um, now talking about the stand-up tool, I think I want to kind of maybe touch base about, you know, the background of Max and rebar tying tools to get to that. I think if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. So, um, the, the new stand-up tool is a part of the twin tire series, as you mentioned, and that was developed by Max. Um, and I think it's absolutely the newest and best rebar tying tools out there. And I'm not just saying that because I work for Max, but <laughs> Max actually invented the first rebar tying tool in 1993. And uh, since then, you know, that was a 21 gauge tool platform, meaning it used 21 gauge wire. And now the twin tires use 19, so it's heavier gauge, so stronger. But anyways, since 1993, there was a large, um, actually Max has always had a large engineering team, about uh, 200 R&D guys back in headquarters. Okay. And they've been wor working on this tremendously. And um, the progress that they made over the years, I think is pretty amazing over the decades. Um, you know, I, I guess our listeners can't see our faces, so you guys probably can't tell, but I'm a young guy. <laughs> I was born in 91. <laughs> oh, wow. And um, right. So when these rebar tires came out in 93, I've only heard stories about how these tools could have been much more progressive and how there was a lot of uh, work to be done. But anyway, since then, in 2017, uh, the, the twin tire series came out. The first tool was the RB441T. And this was revolutionary because almost everything about the old tools right? The old rebar tying tools 
it doubled the spec. So for example, the capacity of the um, tying speed is half a second now with the twin tires. With 19 gauge wire, you know, that's twice as fast because our old platform was, we said about approximately one second per shot. And also the reels, they are able to do how about 265 ties tying three on three rebar and 4,000 ties per battery charge. So that's definitely double than what we've done for our past tools. So this was a big deal for us. <laughs> and I'm kind of nerding out to the rebar tying world here, but you know, that's just kind of how I see it. Um, so anyways, I guess anything with 21 gauge is kind of older technology out there. Um, okay. But uh, the new standard version of the rebar tire, uh, the RB401T is on the new platform, the twin tire. And I think it represents the result of the innovation that Max put into over the decades, you know, 20 plus years of R&D research with rebar tying tools. And that's how we came to developing the new standup tool, I think. Sure. Um, but uh, anyways, to answer your question, I'm sorry, that was kind of long. <laughs> um, but uh, the tool does not, um, you know, you can't detach the tool to make a handheld tool, actually. Uh, the reason is because, you know, we take durability seriously and the last thing you want is having a tool that, you know, breaks in half and on job sites. So we've tried to eliminate any sort of detachments or any sort of sliding components to make a solid tool. But uh, if you are looking for something that you could use, you know, handheld and then detachable, we do have a, a, a handheld tool uh, arm called the J400. Okay. It's just like a, yeah, it's like a mechanical arm. It's, you know, made out of steel or metal. I think it's metal. Uh, and uh, there's a hinge at the very top of this um, extension arm where you put the handheld tool in it, screw it on, and then there's a trigger that's mechanically pulled through a spring uh, throughout the arm. So you could put a handheld tool on this extension arm and you know you could potentially stand up and tie a rebar. Uh, but it is a little bit you know difficult sometimes because the tool, the handheld tools weren't designed uh, for a stand-up application. So it's kind of bottom heavy. Okay. You know? Right, which makes maneuvering between the rebar cross sections a little bit more difficult compared to the RB401T, which was designed for this application. Uh, but that extension of the arm, so you could have two different types of handheld and stand up application, is available. So you, you could hack your way through this, but they're not really designed the way that you want it to be. But there are specific designs that can get you the the benefits that you're looking for. And I know Max USA has a, a, a pretty large family of tools for contractors. Mm -hmm. How do these tools address ergonomics and worker health and safety? That's a great question. I mean, I think personally, um, ergonomics is in every Max tools basic of development, I think. You know, um, Surprisingly, or actually for me, not so much, but it's kind of not as much, much known, I think. But uh, Max actually has a lot of uh, world firsts, you know, inventments. And those all come from some sort of finding on the job site where there was an agonizing or difficult uh, application that they could maybe make better by creating a better tool. So, for example, you know, we talk about the rebar tying tools. And that was developed because there was a researcher from Max that went on the job site and saw that snap tying on job sites was you know, gru grueling. <laughs> and uh, that became the concept for a tool that was ergonomic, right? Um, but uh, anyways, that was one example. But then we also invented uh, the world's first high-pressure pneumatic nailer. I don't know if you've ever heard of such a thing before. No. Okay. So these things are pretty neat. I mean, uh, usually I think nail guns run about 100 PSI tools. So, you know, compressor, you plug it in. Um, it's about 100 PSI, the air pressure. Now, Max has developed a 500 PSI 
system. And this is pretty extraordinary because first, um, with that kind of power, uh, we were able to make the tools smaller and more compact for nail guns. So if you take a look at our um, regular pressured, you know, three and a half inch coil nailer, it's about, a, you know, about 8.4 pounds in weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you take a look at our high pressure version, which is the HN90F, it's actually only 5.7 pounds. So that's a pretty significant difference if you're using a tool the whole entire day, you know, contractors outside, framing houses. Um, that 30% difference is, I think, going to be felt at the end of the day. So that's ergonomical because lighter the tool, you know, less stress on the body throughout the day. Sure. You've right. lightened the weight and increased the PSI. How does the tool absorb recoil or the, the impact? Right. So that's, I think uh, when it comes to like wood application, I think the impacts, uh, we do have like, you know, bigger bumpers and things like that, that engineered are engineered for this application. So believe me, it's a durable tool. Uh, but uh, we also have, you know, nail guns or sorry, pinners that go through concrete and steel pneumatically, which is, I think, pretty exciting. Um, I mean, these things are replacing, you know, powder actuated tools, which is gunpowder, right? Sure. And people need to carry licenses to be on job sites with these things. And these things are probably, you know, eight to nine pounds, which are a replacement, which is the HN25C, is a pinner uh, that only weighs 4.4 pounds. So that just kind of increases, you know, uh, the ergonomics, I think. Okay. Um, so I guess it kind of, what I'm trying to say, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going all <laughs> over the place here, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, Max has always been thinking about ergonomics and developing tools because high pressure, obviously, um, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to feel better with a, a lighter tool. And um, for the rebar tying guns, because obviously manually tying, um, as we discussed already, has some long-term effects. So to combat that situation, uh, Max has developed some tools to um, make it easier. Right. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like ergonomic tools can make the job go that much more efficient and productive, right? Yeah, correct. Um, I think improving ergonomics, when people talk about ergonomics, people tend to think, you know, it's just easy on the guys or easier for the guys. And I'm saying that with quotations with my hands, you know, but uh, do that too. Yeah, great. <laughs> but anyways, I think um, that's not everything. You know, when you talk about ergonomics, I think it could also increase, again, like you said, productivity, which at the end of the day helps you make more money, which people don't usually make the assumption from ergonomics. Um, for example, with a large rebar contractor that I mentioned in Florida, um, you know, for that uh, job site visit, we did three trials and absorbed how they were hand tying and how, you know, our rebar tying tools could maybe benefit them. And, you know, going through this, the first trial, the guys were fresh and ready to work. You know, the sun wasn't up yet. They had their coffee. These guys were tying like, you know, five times a minute. That's pretty fast. You know, these are veteran guys and they've been doing it for a while. I mean, respect, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But then by trial three, you know, the Florida sun was coming up and it gets hot in Florida. I'm from New York and I I was not used to that weather. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, you know, these guys are they've been time for a while. And uh, after a couple of hours too, they need to stretch a little bit. The, streets, the speed kind of drops a little. And then at the end of the trial, uh, these guys are probably tying about, you know, two ties or three ties a minute, which is understandable. You know, these are human beings. Um, yeah. So that's, a, that's on, a significant drop. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, uh, on the other hand, you know, when we're talking about our tools, um, we actually gave it to uh, amateur guys, you know, the guys that are fresh, they don't have a lot of experience. So, they probably, you know, didn't tie as fast as the veteran guys. 
Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, these guys started tying and uh, they were doing about 15 ties a minute. And this was constant, you know, from the beginning to trial three. So um, when that happens, you know, uh, we did the math and it looked like they were tying, they were tying about, you know, whatever they were tying uh, per day um, with the rebar tying tools. They were able to finish the day's work in 3.4 hours, you know, so talk about efficiency and that adds up. Uh, we actually did a cost analysis for them. And um, uh, by implementing our tools, they were able to save about $145,000 per year in production. So when we talk about, um, you know, tools being ergonomic and making the job easier for guys, uh, there's also a, you know, monetary value to it as well for um, business owners uh, running these crews, I think, as well. I'm sorry. I kind of, you, you lost me after you said a savings of $145,000 a year. Um, that's crazy. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into tying. I think people don't think about, you know, people think about tying as, you know, the wire costs and all that, but there's a lot that goes into labor as well. And so, as you mentioned, I think, um, or you might've, um, when you could allocate, uh, you know, rebar tying guys to other work other than tying, you get more done as a team in general, that adds up to a lot of savings. Oh, wow. I know COVID kind of threw a wrench kind of into everything. It's, it's, right. it's touching our lives these days everywhere. Um, while a properly designed tool has some impactful health and safety benefits, if one worker can be more efficient and productive, can that help contractors comply with any COVID restrictions as far as like safe distance and stuff like that? Yeah, I think so. Um, Actually, I came across a guy that was just talking about this. So uh, right now, I think uh, there's been some restrictions and regulations regarding job sites, uh, you know, trying to prevent um, or to try to keep workers safe from spreading COVID. Um, And, you know, our tools aren't N95 masks, obviously. But (laughs) what I found out is that some of these restrictions include, you know, uh, please don't carpool going at the job sites. Um, Please, you know, disinfect your tools and don't share your tools things like that. But then the uh, maintaining uh, maintaining of the six feet social distancing, I think that was a key for mm-hmm. the guys I was uh, talking to. Yeah. So apparently there was a huge um, job site in Texas. I think this was another Amazon warehouse where um, they were taking this seriously. You know, I mean, I think sometimes depending on where you are, these job site regulations could be more like, you know, guidelines um, and not as strictly enforced. But I think more of the bigger job sites do have a pretty strict restriction. There's always a guy that manages this. And if you're not complying, um, you know, you get told. So it's kind of important for you to keep uh, track of these uh, rules. Now, for these guys, they were kind of in a rut because, first of all, in their territory, they weren't able to find a lot of, uh, you know, skilled labor in the first place. So they were kind of facing shortage of labor. Mm-hmm. And on top of this, even if they could got, get, could have uh, gotten guys to get on the job sites, they can't get, go in. And because the six feet social distancing was restricting people. Um, how many people to get on job sites? Sure. Right. So what uh, happened was they came to us, um, you know, interested in the rebar tying guns. Um, if they can't get 10 people on the job site to finish uh, the job to meet deadlines, well, we'll have to work with four and somehow make them more efficient and tie faster. Well, that's where the rebar tying tool comes in. <laughs> <laughs> and those so, four other people can, you know, do something else. Absolutely. Yeah. So you bring up a great point. So um, not that, yeah, like not everybody that needs to be on the job site has to be tying rebar. Now that, you know, you've uh, limited people 
to tie rebar, the other guys go and do other things like carry the bar or mark, or there's all sorts of things that these rebar contractors are doing. So um, it does fight the whole COVID, you know, keeping six feet apart thing. Uh, but in terms of the general uh, job site, it, it can lead to efficiency, definitely. Sure. I had one boss tell me there's always something else to do. So mm-hmm. go wash a dish or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not wrong, right? I mean, I think it applies to all sorts of jobs. Right, right. So rebar tying sounds, if you're doing it manually, sounds very, very tedious. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun. Um, no. And I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful that there is a power tool to actually help, your, help, help workers out by doing it. Do you have a favorite tedious job? And I'll give you bonus points if there's a power tool that'll help you out. Um, you know, honestly, I'm not a hands-on kind of guy. It's kind of weird because uh, <laughs> I'm a product <laughs> executive for um, rebar tying tool, but uh, I don't have a lot of, um, I don't spend a lot of time in my own time working on projects right now. So yeah, yeah but tedious, I think there's a lot of things. Uh Writing emails, maybe, you know, that's tedious. The, t- um, the computer's a totally a power tool. That oh, counts. yeah? Okay. Yeah. Great, great, great. So that that's, this one's a good one then. Yeah, I don't know how much yeah. torque my uh, my hard drive actually has, but... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, maybe like uh, it could... I was, you know, you know how people like have Siri on their phones and they could just, you know, type text messages while driving via phone or sorry, via voice. Sure. Maybe I'm thinking like if I could somehow talk to my computer and I just writes emails for me. And then I tell it to send, you know, that might be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I personally, uh, I like mowing my lawn with my lawnmower. That's a really fun doohickey to, to use, especially when it breaks down and I mm-hmm. curse at it for like five minutes and then it works again. So <laughs> <laughs> something about the magic of uh, violence in your voices. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear uh, the language used on the job site. That's let's keep that there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not, I, I, I'm not a entirely clean person either, but uh, yeah, those job site guys. <laughs> All right. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Thank you again, Terry, for taking the time to talk to us. Tune in every Thursday for another episode of the Groundbreakers podcast by fourconstructionpros.com. Make sure to subscribe and share. Until next time, stay safe out there.